0: Hey, what's up Is Welcome to episode 190 of Geekscape. We're running four years strong now. Uh, I'm Jonathan London over here on the left side of your screen or out of your left audio if you guys like, are listening to us in stereo. Um, every week I like to talk about movies, video games, and comics. The latest news and reviews what's going on in those worlds with a special guest host that's rotating to keep things fresh for you guys. And this week we have a special guest, uh, author Scott Brown. He did this uh, zombie book, Breathers, that you guys may have heard of. Look at that. You wanted to give a more human take to a zombie, isn't that right? Like, what was it? What was your approach to breathers? Uh, well, I, drop
1: it down for everybody. Then, what? What the basic premise is, is? I thought, what would happen if if I reanimated from the dead, but instead of a typical I want to eat people. Yeah, instead of your typical Hollywood George Romero zombie, I was just uh, a reanimated corpse, non-human with no rights. I was gradually decomposing, and I needed some serious therapy. <laughs> What would what would life be like for me? What would my existence be like? How would society treat me? Would what would my parents do? How would my friends treat me? Would there be a support group for me? And so I ended up sending them in with Undead Anonymous to learn how to deal with a new existence.
0: And then it, when you look at the artwork on the on the book, many of you guys have actually read Breathers. Uh, there's that the heart and arrow, you know, Cupid theme to it. Right. So ultimately, you get to a point where. You accept what's going on with you enough to find love of yourself or embrace your, what happens in the book, you embrace your status. You That's embrace correct. what's going on.
1: Yeah, you, have to, you find a way to uh, kind of what drove the book, and it wasn't what drove the book when I started writing right. it, but it became sort of the driving force, was them trying to find their purpose in a society in which they have no purpose.
0: In, as a metaphor, what were you going through at the time that you wrote this book? Because, like, I mean, was it a metaphorical thing, was it, was, it, was, it, was it almost therapeutic to write a book like this?
1: Not necessarily.
0: Because mm-hmm. I, I, you were saying what drove it, you to write the book at the beginning and what drove you, like those things changed as you were writing the book and as you were changing.
1: Well, when I, when I sit down to write a book, I don't have a theme and I think that's dangerous mm-hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to write a book on this theme and then you create a story around it. I know that it can work, mm-hmm. but for me it feels a little bit more organic. To, to start off with the idea for the story, and then the theme develops naturally out of that. And so with breathers, you know, a lot of people say, oh, this is a great uh, metaphor for discrimination and prejudice and, and all of the the people who have been sort of repressed throughout history. I didn't start off to write that. I just really, I wanted to start off to, to write from the perspective of the other. And sometimes as a, as a writer, you want to do that. You know, as a, as a man, you want to write as a woman to try to, expand your writing capabilities to improve your writing to to get inside somebody else's skin I mean really that's you know it's kind of wearing somebody else's shoes and so we're always used to rooting for the humans as opposed to the zombies and so the first idea was can I write a story from the point of view of a zombie and make you actually care for the zombie so that if he does give in to his Romero stereotype, Instead of being... Horrific, it's uh, tragic Yeah, it's tragic Or right. you're right there cheering him on Saying "Yeah, I'm, I'm still <laughs> kill there Kill those I,
0: bastards who made you a second class citizen yeah. and Kill those bastards you, you kind of villainize the humans
1: Right, and so the humans are the bad guys mm-hmm. And the zombies are the good guys And I always describe it as Fight Club meets Shaun of the Dead Only but the zombies as the good guys mm-hmm.
0: yes. and, and I've heard John Hughes even thrown in As like a reference to some of the humor I mean, the, the, the no, book can be f- funny yeah. You know what I mean, at, at times And the the book actually has had some success Like you've had it optioned Uh, Have you not? Yeah You've had it optioned And and it's tough to talk about things like options Because it's Hollywood, you know what I mean? And (laughs) and we've talked about that many times on the show Just the development hell that happened So when you guys read the book When you get excited about breathers Knowing that it's optioned is just kind of one of those things Where you're like, yeah it's been optioned But uh, we're at the mercy of the people who paid for it And whether or not they're able to get the wheels rolling to, To bring it to the screen for you guys to enjoy in a multiplex, you know um, and Keep fingers the fingers crossed Because it's a nice paycheck The first day of shooting It's a nice paycheck upon completion like yeah. um, uh, But, you know, it'd be huge It'd be great um, That being said You then moved on to a new book And, and you, you're telling me This is not a zombie book this, No, it's uh, this not book, It is called Faded This is the new book That he's on a book tour for Right now, uh, Faded Now, what is Faded about? Faded is a
1: little more difficult to give in one tagline. Personal copy, as you can tell, it's yes. got
0: it's got author's annotation pages. He's doing a book tour, so he has to be able to, to go. Okay, I'm going to read from chapter three, and he has to go immediately to it. This is a perfect. I mean, look at this. This is you know you guys like your autograph, limited edition stuff. This is the author's copy of his own novel right here.
1: You make it. You make it. Even it I'm is. afraid to touch it. <laughs> so, so what's faded about faded the very brief line, and it's a little bit more of a conceptual book than I can give in one brief line. It's, it's again, it like, like breathers. It's readers. an hour podcast. Yeah, our so. podcast. You can just <laughs> run with it. It's, it's well, we a, literally
0: had a, a Bibiani on here talking about Harry Potter to the point where he was referencing Hamlet in his
1: review. It's just. I don't think I'll be referenced, refer- but, but it, Greek mythology maybe. definitely. Okay. You know, um, it's it's a dark comedy and social satire, much like Breathers is. Uh, but instead of, of it being about zombies and sort of discrimination and prejudice, this has to do with the consequences of getting involved with humans and the really bad choices that people tend to make. Everybody yeah. in the book's a human. No. Oh. No. No. It's told from the point of view of fate. Fate the is the narrator. God. Okay, but he's not a Greek god. I mean, it's well, it's, it's uh, well, reviews, he's or? well, no, he's he he's he has the form of a human. Okay, you think he's human, but that's just so he can blend in. But it's told from the point of view of Fate, who is in charge of the fates, the futures of eighty-three percent of the human race, the majority of of us. The 83% of us that are fated to just have normal or ordinary lives, mediocre lives, to not live up to our expectations, or to end up being drug addicts or career politicians or mm-hmm. CEOs of oil <laughs> companies. So, and the 17% are like the people who are exceptional, who we read about. Those are the ones that are destined. Destined. Those, those, okay. are, those are your Meryl Streep's. Those are your Michael Jordan's. Those are your Thomas Jefferson's, your Thomas Edison's, your, your Da Vinci's, your Michelangelo's. And
0: then there's uh, our... Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we just had a, uh, a light move. Pause it real quick. Sorry about that, guys. Quick little light flutter uh, that we set straight. Um, so you're talking about the 83% versus the 17%. That is the destined versus the faded. The people who just run the course and not the people who go and do something exemplary. Um, are the faded ever... I mean, as we are in life, we're, we're never... We're conscious of those people And we aspire to be those people And again, fate plays its course with us uh, In your book The fate That you're talking about, your main character uh, His name is Fabio name is Fabio Yes. If, is Fabio ever um, Want to go against the grain And say, you know what I believe in this person I've been in charge of So much that I'm going to push the envelope And push him into that 17% Is that I don't know.
1: I'm, I'm writing your book. Are you, are, you, are you getting ahead of me here? Well, uh, what, what happens? What happens? Well, well, the book starts out with the line, rule number one, don't get involved. Rule number one, don't get involved. And so that's the, the idea is that fate and destiny is a character, too. Right. Destiny is a woman. There's fate. There's destiny. There's death. There's karma. There's lady luck. That's just to start. But fate and destiny and death are not allowed to get involved in the lives of their humans, uh, especially with fate and destiny. They just assign fates and destinies when you're born. And that's the best you can do. However, along your path, you can make decisions that can adversely affect your fate. So you can be fated to be the third-string quarterback on uh, the the. San Francisco 49ers when they mm-hmm. won, you know, four Super Bowls. Right. I guess they won five, but you could be the third-string quarterback. Say, I mean,
0: it says here, like destiny guides her people to winning Nobel Peace Prizes and Super Bowl MVPs. I I went to high school with the last Super Bowl MVP, Drew Brees. We graduated high school together. Yeah. Well, we see if you're state. If
1: you, you're the third-string quarterback. You're the third-string quarterback on the New Orleans Saints. You weren't really destined. Right because you didn't get to be involved in it. Drew Brees was destined, Right. this guy was fated, but let's say you make some bad choices along your way and instead of being the third string quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, you end up being a manager at a Taco Bell. There's nothing wrong with right. being a manager at a Taco Bell, but it's not as good a fate as being the third string. So so that's the best you can do. And every time you make a bad choice along your path, fate has to reassign your fate from your optimal. So he's very busy, he's he overwhelmed. He you a bit. Yeah, yeah, so he has to make those choices, whereas destiny's humans on her path they don't disappoint her and he is constantly disappointed by his humans because they're always making bad mistakes
0: and so his job just sucks
1: yeah his job sucks but he's stuck in it he's like you know a a government employee no chance for promotion really he's kind of stuck there he can't quit he's done his job so well over you know over the years over the, the centuries and millennia that there's nobody who can really replace him.
2: How, how do you how do you fail at that job? It's like <laughs> you <laughs> keep people mediocre. <laughs> you, feel like, you
1: know what? Um, well, he has his quotas, and that's right. another rule in there. Rule number nine: meet your quotas. You know, so many baristas, so many street performers, and yeah, you get too yeah. Many, you get too many uh, career politicians. A couple geekscape
2: in
0: there.
1: Yeah, yeah. A couple, of, there. a couple
0: guys running geekscape in there. Do any
2: of the humans get confused as to what they are thinking? They're destined.
0: I think we all do.
2: Thinking, oh, yeah.
1: Well, I don't. I don't address that to an extent, but no. but most you know a lot. It, it it does, and I didn't again. I didn't start out to write right. to write that book. I really sat down. What started it was I was sitting in a mall. I was looking at people. I was wondering, what's he going to be like in fifteen to twenty years? What's she going to be like? And so I wrote this scene about a guy who's sitting there, and he's fate, and he knows what they're going to look like in fifteen mm-hmm. to twenty years. So he writes down what you know. Oh, they're all going to be, and they all ended up having some kind of sexual hang-up because this is the United States, and sexual energy is repressed, and you know we're not like you know Italy. The places and,
0: your mind goes, Mr. Yeah. Brown. <laughs> yeah, There's there's
1: a, there's a lot of there's He's a lot.
0: Trying to mask the fact that he was sitting in a mall being a pervert. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm um, kidding. So you so you were sitting so in a mall. I, so and I wrote, you
1: Started sketching it out. I started sketching, and that was that was like in 2004, mm-hmm. in July of 2004, and I just wrote a scene, I'm like okay, and then I didn't do anything with it till two and a half years later. I had finished Breathers. I still didn't have an agent for it. It was December of 2006. I'm like, okay, I haven't really written anything for about six months, I've been working on a project. So I said, well, why don't I go with this idea? This was kind of a fun idea. So why don't I, I go there? And I just started writing this book and all of a sudden there was fate. And I decided that if there are fate, you need to have destiny. Because, and mm-hmm. part of that is is you hear people talk about, you know, his fate was sealed, a fatal disease, a fate worse than death. Very negative connotation. Destiny, greatness. yeah. Smile, destiny smiled oh, upon her. Yeah. It was her destiny. So it just seemed to make sense, and so I created this very sort of disappointed, frustrated Fabio, mm-hmm. fate, and this very upbeat and happy and beatific destiny, who was sort of his his nemesis, but at the same time was his aspiration. Uh, well, yeah, he he aspired to be her, but he couldn't get there. Plus, he he's had a you know a couple hundred thousand year friends with benefits relationship with her. <laughs> oh, okay. Because they, they just they you have this the on and off again. Yeah, is how we're
0: selling your book. We're selling your book as a steamy
1: novella. There's actually there's a there's a lot of sexual references in uh-huh. there, and and there's sex that takes place, but it's not overtly. Right. You know, it's not like I'm 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 talking about throbbing members. It is a or love anything. story, not a sex story. Yes. I mean, it's a love story. Right. But it's not between Fabio and, and destiny, fate and destiny. It's between fate and a mortal woman who was on the path of destiny. Mm-hmm. But since he cannot see, she's not on his path, he can't see what she's destined for. All he knows is that
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's something special because she has she has a way of affecting people around her as well as him. so he falls in love with her, which is also against the rules. Rule number seven, don't fall in love. So Destiny is not happy that he's fallen in love with her because he could end up affecting her, yeah. her destiny. And of course, then there's Jerry who is in charge of everything, and Jerry is God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so Jerry is in charge of everything, and he's a bit of a control freak and a megalomaniac. And Destiny is an infomaniac, and Death is, is uh, necrophobic. Sloth and Gluttony are in there too. Gluttony is lactose intolerant. Sloth, <laughs> sloth is narcoleptic. And then you also have, you also have, and again, as I mentioned, the way that you make your decisions along your path is how you react to all of these emotions and attributes that and these people have happen thrown in your Because the, the others can get involved with right. you. Know, the seven deadly sins: honesty, integrity, fame, uh, fortune, vanity. vanity. They all interact with you, and it's how you react to them that ultimately determines what your fate and destiny is going to be. And so, those are all characters in my book, and they're all pers- I've personified all these characters. So, in a way, it's. It's got a little bit of the Greek mythology in it, although, again, that wasn't... It's your, but it's your own... Right. It wasn't a conscious thing, because you think the Greek gods, they weren't these high almighty, the untouchable that that and were actually gets perfect. Option, you
0: don't want it turning into Clash of the Titans. No, I don't. Right. Definitely <laughs> not. Uh, and so you've created your own kind of uh, you know theology about the, about these characters and what they right. go through. Uh, and it's funny. At the end of the day, guys, it's a funny book. Scott's I, a funny guy. I actually think it's funnier than *Breathers*. So, guys, the book is called *Faded*. Where is the best place for them to pick this up for you to get the maximum dollar well, exposure?
1: I, I always like—I realize that uh, that buying it on the internet uh, is is a little bit less expensive, but I always I always encourage people to go to the local independent bookstores mm-hmm. and pick one up and help to keep them in business and support them. So, you know, if you're in. If you're in Los Angeles, you know you go to Dark Delicacies, you go to Skylight Books, mm-hmm. uh, you go to Book Soup.
0: See, Skylight Books is that one on Vermont, right? Yeah, 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 that's over by you. That's a really good bookstore.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Skylight yeah. Books is right south of that theater on Vermont. Uh, I get guys. I'm there every day when I'm waiting for my movie. <laughs> it's a fantastic <laughs> bookstore, uh, and Dark Delicacies. If you guys are in LA, Dark Delicacies Dale runs this store and. It's always got horror aficionados in there A lot of the horror directors we know A lot of the horror writers that we know Dark Delicacies is their local comic shop type place Where they just go and geek out Um, So guys, the books are called Faded and uh, Breathers Breathers you've probably read already Faded is the new one So get out there and pick it up Scott, this looks awesome I'm definitely looking forward to reading it Thanks Uh, This is cool
2: Your tone is one that the podcast is over what? Your tone is no, like no, no, no.
0: Now we now we talk about what what I'm going to review. I mean, we, we we're talking about thing we welcome to the podcast. now now guys. Uh, Scott Brown, you guys you guys like Scott Brown so far? He's got you guys moving, uh, hopefully in the direction of a bookstore. <laughs> sure. Uh, let me talk talk movies real quick. Laura and I went to see last last week on the podcast. We started talking about the end of the year and how the Oscar movies are coming out. I'm really looking forward to uh, the True Grit. The, the Cohen brothers doing this True Grit. That looks good. I mean. Really, it feels like a light year towards the awards season, and then things start popping up. You know, 127 hours blew me away, Uh, and I really didn't want to see the new uh, movie from Darren Aronofsky because, you know, it was about New York City Ballet. It wasn't something, it wasn't a subject matter I was interested in. You knew Natalie Portman was going to give a great uh, performance, but then I saw the trailer. Have you seen the trailer for Black Swan? I have. It looks to me, visceral. Yeah, it,
1: it, it looks very compelling.
0: And that trailer sold me. I said I have to see this filmmaking. And so Laura and I went to see Black Swan yesterday. And Black Swan really is a story of an aspiring dancer, who's been in a in a in a, in a company there uh, for a while. And this is like, like top notch. This is Lincoln Center Ballet. Uh, and so she is in one of the top companies in the in the world. Uh, and she's been there for four years. She lives with her mom. This is Natalie Portman's character. And. The uh, the the theater director is played by um, who who is this guy that I'm um, playing him? Pietro Maximoff. <laughs> yeah, I, I call him Pietro Maximoff because he reminds me of Quicksilver from the Avengers so much. But is uh, <laughs> the dude from Brotherhood of the Wolf? What is what is the name? It's really escaping me right now. Me too.
2: It's, uh, uh, he was in Ocean in the Ocean. He was in
0: Ocean's Eleven, 11 um, and, and I'm beating myself up because literally when we cast the Avengers on Geekscape, oh, Vincent, Cassell. Vincent Cassell When we when we cast the the Avengers on Geekscape, my favorite casting choice was him as Quicksilver, and watching this movie. He plays this theater director, who just pushes uh, them to their limit. They, he, I mean, he, he the theater the, the company is in a little bit of dire straits. Their um, their their main dancer, played by Winona Ryder, they're kind of forcing her out or to freshen it up, get some new investment into the company, uh, some new fundraising. And so the pressure is really high on him, and the pressure is really high on the company. And Natalie Portman has been the most diligent dancer, and she wants the role of the Swan Queen in Swan Lake. Story of Swan Lake is a princess who gets trapped in the body of a swan. Uh, She meets a prince, true love can deliver from her but a black swan appears and seduces the prince and she loses her ability to turn back into a a human so she kills herself and in suicide finds freedom. Uh, Quick paraphrasing. And so they're going to put on Swan Lake.
1: No, you ruined the entire. Well, not, will, not the movie. You, I, you, I, you, I, I never, I'm never going to see Swan Lake. Swan Lake now. La-
0: well, Swan Lake's a beautiful uh, <laughs> play, and, th- and in this movie, you see it several times played out in rehearsals. You see it in the performances.
2: That's not how Don Bluth told it. <laughs> well, well,
0: she's well, uh, well, she, well, well the, this movie, she's pushing herself, and there's a lot of Requiem for a dream type filmmaking in here because she starts to kind of lose. Her sanity a bit. She starts to, to, you know, she's already uh, battling uh, anorexia bulimia, which is like a bit of a story thread in the movie. That's a problem. Um, And she's battling that. There's a brand new dancer who's kind of threatening her for the spot, uh, the top spot. Is that Mila Kunis? And that's Mila Kunis's character who has the sexuality that she lacks. Uh, You know, the director says you can definitely play the white swan. You're vulnerable. You're innocent, but in order to play both roles for me to give you this role you need to have a little bit more bite a little more more sexiness and in going to that dark side uh, she starts to lose a lot of herself and she starts to to see things like she starts to to go a bit nuts and the performance is fantastic Uh, it's got a lot of sexiness to it you definitely see Natalie Portman in a sexy way You see her <laughs> and I mean you, you, I no, mean what you're Well to there, say. there's one scene Where where, where Vincent Cassel Is pushing her And he says I have a homework assignment For you Go home And touch yourself And you see her Having to get over Those personal Picadillos In order to do it You know what I mean And that's a great scene uh, And this is Natalie Portman Just I mean, this is, I, mean it, it, I think she's gonna win Awards Throughout The award season Cause this is really her Uh, vacillating between the sweet innocent girl in the movie that she keeps coming back to, she keeps kind of recentering herself in the black swan kind of drawing her out and uh, seducing her so you see her going to this dark side, you see her starting to act rashly, you see her starting to act sexually and then being horrified in that innocent vulnerable way when she realizes where she's gone and that whole thing starts to vary more and more so you're kind of seeing this pendulum that, in the beginning of the movie is, is kind of still and then as it starts swinging by the end of the movie, you're just watching this performance go back and forth across the screen and you're like, Natalie Portman's killing it in this movie. It was phenomenal and, uh, and that, re- that is a reason alone to see the movie. Then you throw in Darren Aronofsky who's throwing visuals at you in a, and he's using digital. But there's still a little bit of accentuation he's using with a little bit of CGI, like her body starts to change and remember how visceral and gruesome Requiem for a Dream was when they really started to give up everything for heroin. Uh, in this movie, she starts to pick at herself in her, you know, kind of uh, the anorexia bulimia thing. But her her personal like, she starts working with her nails, and you see her start to strip away her skin, and she's scratching at herself, and she starts finding things under her skin. <laughs> uh, La- Laura, 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 Laura said. I mean, you guys cringing. remember you guys remember my review of 127 Hours and how it's cringing when the guy was going to have to cut off his arm, and how I was just wincing through the entire time, and. For the next four hours after I'd left the theater I was still in knots That was Laura's reaction Laura looked away and was just grimacing through this movie The entire time And I was too But uh, he's a great director And he really takes you to those places And he makes it physical And uh, (laughs) I mean it's a phenomenal piece of work And even if you're not interested in the movie Because of its subject matter I would uh, definitely tell you to go see it Especially if you're an aspiring horror director there are horror, there's horror language that he's playing in it, you know, and uh, them, you know, someone turning because they hear a sound and someone immediately being there in front of them or seeing someone rush the frame, different pieces of horror directing that we've seen before is used in here to set up the darkness that she's going to and um, it's an awesome testament and as a geek watching the movie I'm like, Wow. Queen Amidala is killing it, and <laughs> I could not, and of course seeing Darren Aronofsky just going all out on this movie, Mila you know, Kunis is great, everybody's great in this movie, seeing him go all out, all I could think was, man, he's doing a Wolverine movie next, and it is going to, I mean, if he, if he brings his A game like he brought to this, like it is going to clean the slate after the last Wolverine movie where we were all like, oh no, it can't get much worse. That bad taste will be fresh out of our mouth if he does, if he shows up like he did in this movie. It's crazy that he's going from this to a Wolverine movie, but hey.
2: anytime time uh, somebody says they were grimacing in a movie, Oof. in my head, I picture like the purple grimace from McDonald's watching <laughs> a movie going...
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie's awesome. I definitely recommend it. It's going to be on one of those... Th- I mean, Geekscape is... we got to start putting together our top of... Of 2010 list, yeah. Like that's something We have to do here On the website And I'll, we also have The Geekscape Awards Where you guys can vote The, the ballot is up On the front page As of the, the airing of this If you're watching the podcast Go to the front page Of Geekscape.net You can vote on your Favorite movies of the year Favorite episodes Favorite guest hosts Things like that And uh, that's up there But we're going to be Putting our top yeah. ten list And this is definitely My top ten The movie's great would,
1: would you put yeah. uh, Would you put the town uh, On your uh, top ten list Or no Did you like it uh, What'd you think
0: once I see True Grid, I think I'll have a better estimate of the town because t- the town is kind of on the fence right now. Because because you got to here's the top ten loosely. One hundred twenty seven hours just was amazing. Black Swan is in there. Uh, you got to throw in uh, How to Train Your Dragon on the other end of the spectrum. Right, that movie was just really great pure film, uh, storytelling. Um, Toy Story three you got to put in there, and then did, did and then
2: Vikings has Scottish accent. I don't I don't know I don't
0: know. <laughs> I'm just
2: saying, that's the one qualm I have with I, the movie. Yeah,
0: I like how his qualm isn't that dragons exist, it's that Vikings have Scottish accents. Uh, and, you know, and then I, whenever I'm making these lists, you have to go through the fine-tooth comb and say, okay, those are the obvious little standout ones, but I know you enjoyed other movies, and I kind of get the list of movies that we reviewed in on Geekscape. The Crazies and I go is the top 10 surprise. Crazies was a lot of fun. The Crazies, Crazies is was number 10.
2: It eked in there, but I realized as I was going back through my. What I saw this year, of all the movies I saw, I didn't walk out of any other movie except for *The Crazies*, being so surprised that I had such a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. Brett uh, Eisner, that's uh, that's Michael Eisner's son. Yeah, I mean his—he went from directing *Sahara* to *The Crazies*.
2: And the, but
0: and, and he was supposed to do *Creature from Black, Black Lagoon*.
2: I would love to see his *Creature from Black, oh, yeah. Black Lagoon* after seeing *The Crazies*. That was a, a really fun, inventive. Movie, it, was fre- it felt in fresh. Fact, inventive in the fact that it was, hey, we're going to do a horror movie where people think sensibly. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 that's not fair.
0: Yeah, people are supposed to think fair. sensibly in horror movies. Doesn't that just frustrate the heck out of you when you're talking about when you're watching movies and you're like, oh, come on, you're going to run up the stairs instead
1: of out the front door? Well, the, the one thing that that you all always and, and I'm not, I'm not a zombie aficionado. I love even zombies. though you were a zombie con with Brian and I. <laughs> yes, but I, I don't understand why any zombie movie that's made in in modern day the people in the movie don't even think about the fact that zombie movies have been made.
0: Yes, the, we've talked about that on the show. It's like it's completely been wiped from
1: our vocabulary. Yeah, there's not allowed. It's like you're not allowed to think about the fact that oh, there's zombies. We need to shoot him in the head, or this maybe he's a zombie. Or at, how at would ZombieCon you At ZombieCon, did
0: you meet Kevin Anderson, the the author of uh, of um, the, the the Star Trek the, the Trekkies one? No, I didn't. I met a bunch uh, of
1: people, but not him. Uh,
0: Kevin Anderson is a geekscapist. and what I really loved about his his uh, his book, not only are they not Classic zombies. There, there, there's a there's a different source for the zombie-like behavior in in, in his book. Uh, so pick it up and read it. I thought it was a fun book. Uh, but they immediately are like, everybody's acting like zombies. You know, they're immediately saying zombies. I mean, it would seem like the most economic, And clear way to communicate with fellow survivors what you got to do to put these bastards down and start thinking smart.
2: Yeah, there's one movie that does it, but it's not a zombie movie. Uh, the Faculty. Right away is like, oh, this is a this is a pod creature yeah. infestation. I've yeah, yeah. Kevin this movie. Williamson
0: like wrote that in. There's that scene in the library where they yeah. say, okay, let's take it. Let's take inventory of how these things are acting and what we're up against. Yeah, you know. and, and uh, of let's just act stupid and run upstairs. You're and gonna that die. doesn't and
2: doesn't hurt the that movie at all. Mm-hmm. It, it very much it makes this one character kind of an expert, and you're a little bit more endeared to her. I don't think I think what people worry about when they write this is like. This is just going to make the character look stupid.
0: Well, well, how much of that, Scott, do you think do you attribute to lazy writing and saying, listen, I have a set piece. I, I, I know I want this scene, but if these characters are too smart, I can't have it. You know what I mean? And so, so they dumb the situation down to force a character into a situation where, you know, c- compared to how many girls go topless or are in their panties in horror movies. We want the girls topless or are in our panties in the horror movie. Even though it doesn't make sense on a character level, we're going to... Completely, uh, ro- you know, we're going to completely compromise the character in order to get that visual or get that scene. And now the character's not respectable or someone you
1: can root for. Well, ha- have, and again, I, I don't watch every zombie movie. I really yeah. only seen no, no, no. So
2: we're talking horror in general. Uh, yeah. well, but or storytelling.
1: Well, yeah, but, it, but in terms of the zombie thing, you know, you get somebody who's, who says, I think these are zombies. You know, I've seen this on this and this. Mm-hmm. And you have to stay away from doing the scream thing. Because right. the scream obviously purposely did it where you were he saying Williamson okay we're, that same scene we're, we're in we're in a horror movie. Yeah. this is what happens in a horror movie, and so this is what's going to happen. The people who are making out are going gonna die, and of course they do. And so they, they kind of play fun with it, they parody it. So you want to stay away from that, but I, I don't think there's a problem with having somebody who says, "I think these are zombies, this is what I've seen them on TV. Or in movies, and somebody else is like, no, no, it's not possible. That couldn't be possible and, you know And so you have you can have that tension too between mm-hmm. them with the one person believing it to be one thing and the other person arguing. And of course, you could even play it up where where maybe they aren't zombies and this guy ends up being wrong. And you end up shooting these people in the head.
2: Shaun of the Dead did it and it worked out fine. It was just, actually I thought it was right. we don't say the Z word. I thought that was great. It's like, we don't call them
0: that. Mm -hmm. But
2: that's what they are. And
0: Walking Dead is calling them geeks, walkers, things like that, walkers, geeks, this and that. The the Walking Dead thing. Are you watching The Walking Dead on AMC? What are you thinking of this?
1: I'm not and part of that reason is because I grew up watching a lot of TV and I have basic limited cable. I get nothing above Channel 33 and that's on purpose. That's on purpose Because otherwise If I had Sports Center, If I had ESPN I'd be watching I'd be watching Every single episode Of Sports Center. I'd be on a daily show All the time I'd be on Comedy Central I'd And if I had AMC TNT and TBS Every time I robot Waterworld And Shawshank Redemption Came on I would watch it With Water commercial interruptions that, That's my That's my guilty pleasure Waterworld Waterworld is my Guilty yeah. pleasure movie
2: Ooh-hoo. You pled guilty Your Honor We get to kill
0: him. I mean <laughs> to go by, I, I think the town Might get in my top ten I, I love Ben Affleck. Bring I mean, up water I'm going to bring it all the way back. If you hey, bring up he's water bringing, talking about like, that, I, You like? I'm guessing you really like the town.
1: Well, I, I I did. I was I was Because Ben
0: Affleck is is a. Is a I mean, he's he's done no wrong I, by me. I'm very I'm
1: very impressed, and especially I, I I had a blog post recently where I had a new man crush, and my new man crush was Ben Affleck.
0: High five on that shit.
1: Yeah, and and because I mean he, and, he and, and I, I I don't know I don't know every I don't know everything that that, that happened. Um, when he was doing so many horrible movies, and and maybe maybe on Geekscape you guys loved a lot of the movies, but he was just so flatlined. No, no. I mean yeah. there was there was Daredevil, there was Jersey Girl, there was a, even uh, was we like Jersey Girl. Um, what was the the uh, Pearl Harbor? You know he Ooh. just but he just he just didn't really have a lot of range. The and Jack and Ryan
0: movie, remember he did yeah. the Jack Ryan movie, Some yeah. of I, All I, Fears. You know I'm right. not I, I wasn't actually
2: disappointed in that film. I but the film I the film wasn't Ryan movies yeah.
0: The thing with with him is he's a I think he's a good storyteller. I mean, do you like Gone Baby Gone? Oh, Isn't I thought it, I it, didn't awesome? when I when I
1: realized that he had directed it. Not only directed it, but he helped to he co-wrote yeah. the adaptation. Same with The Town. He directed it, co-wrote the adaptation, and and I thought his acting in The Town. I, th- I thought his town from from Mulholland. Uh, was it? No, no, no. Uh, it was the Superman one. Yeah, when he played George Reeves. Yeah, I'm It's, it's, it's not Mulholland Falls. Hollywoodland. Hollywoodland. Hollywood yeah. Um, that one, it just always seemed like something happened, and I don't know if it was before that. He was he had a small role in smoking Aces. He had a small role Some in
0: Smokin' Aces. And
1: and and even though this wasn't a great movie, it was. The, um, uh, uh, he's just not that into you. He had a small role in that, and he was good in that. He had a small role in Extract, and mm-hmm. he was fantastic. Extract in that. was hilarious. So he did these these small little roles, and he had these great roles, and was showing a lot more versatility than I remember seeing him in. And, and maybe there was something going on when he was doing those those other roles. I don't know what was happening, but but, but, but,
0: but, uh, But but Matt Matt Damon was going.
1: You know, he was doing the Talented Mr. Ripley, and then he did these action movies, and he did uh, The Informant, Mm -hmm. which I didn't think the film was great, but I thought he was fantastic in it. And so it just seemed like from Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon had shot up. And had just showed all this versatility, and, and and even I think it was paycheck, paycheck. You know, again, yeah, he was just yeah. there. Just wasn't a lot of emotion. He, he had he had he was very not very many highs and lows on his acting. But but since then, since since Hollywoodland, it just seems like all of a sudden, uh, for whatever reason, I'm seeing something out of him that 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 I was looking for. And and especially with, I will go see any movie he directs after I, after after Gone Baby Gone in the town.
0: I think a lot of it too deals with I mean was he just a square peg you we were trying to Hollywood trying to force into a round hole because Richard Linklater put him in Days of Confused as the bully and he was fantastic. Yeah, you know he's great in the Kevin he, Smith he, stuff. He's stuff. he's good into the Kevin Smith. I mean it's just. Uh, he, I don't, maybe he wasn't that Hollywood actor That being said, we've said it on the, I've said it on the show a million times The Daredevil franchise Give it right back to Ben Affleck As writer and director Have him throw Guy Pierce in the tights <laughs> Rock that I will watch that movie I watch that movie every time I close my eyes That, that movie like watching uh, Vincent Cassell play Quicksilver In the Avengers is. A, those are the geek dreams that I have When, I, uh, when I'm not on, on Geekscape That is the Geekscape in my mind uh, that's nice one of my guilty
2: pleasures though, The only movie where he played that Hollywood leading man role That I bought in and I watch it every time it's on Is Armageddon yeah. I love Armageddon I that's, I that's, love that's, you that's, dad. that's a
1: little guilty pleasure thing too I thought he was fun in that When he
0: says I love you dead at the end I gotta tell you I saw that movie two times in the theaters Both times Niagara Falls <laughs> Big time Big time I mean that whole thing where he's like You know he forces him you know, Fucking Bruce Willis tricks him Oof I like that stuff. Pick the short straw. I'll watch that movie every time it's on TV. Um, so, guys, go see Black Swan. Go see this stuff. We're talking movies here with uh, with Scott Brown. And, of course, hit up your local uh, bookstore for a copy of Breathers and uh, this one faded. Uh, guys, Geekscape news. Uh, on the front page of Geekscape, this is where I grab the news. Uh, Eric Diaz has been doing this weekend geek. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The owners of that option are hell-bent on bringing it back to the screen Or back to TV um, They went to Joss Whedon They asked for his involvement Joss Whedon said, whoa, I don't want to touch that one um, So it looks like they're going to push forward with that Your thoughts, Scott, on, on having like a, a I mean, it, it was well, Joss Whedon was like a hired writer when he first wrote whoa. that script Or he wrote the script, it was bought from him They went and made the movie with Donald Sutherland he and then the, it turned into a series. I don't know how that worked.
2: He has the rights. He he wrote the script and he, he sold the film rights to those. Uh, what are the? What are the uh, I don't know. But uh, but he, he, but he kept them, the TV and he kept the comic but he books kept the ancillary TV and the comics rights and all those, those rights. Uh, they the director rewrote his script. While making Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Buffy Vampire that's the Kelly Slayer. Preston
0: or whatever it is who's in that movie. Uh, it's like no, it's Luke Luke uh, Swank no, no, is in there. Not
1: not, not Kelly Preston. Um, 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 shoot, Chris no.
2: Yeah, Chrissy Swanson. Chrissy, Chrissy Swanson. Swanson, yeah. Chrissy Swanson's Buffy. Yeah. Hilary Swank's in there as her best friend. Actually, if you watch that movie, it's kind of clever because it's all these before they were stars, stars. Not Luke.
0: Uh, what's his name? Not Luke Perry. Luke Perry was a star, but big time. You,
2: but you've got uh, his best friend was Arquette, David Arquette. Oh, wow. Um, so tons of it, it, But.
0: I just steered clear of that movie. They turned it turned into so... a
2: campy, silly movie, and Joss Whedon ha- still had all the rights, and he went back later and he went to Fox and said, hey, let me do it the way I wanted to. Right. And Eric makes a very good point in this week's Week in Geek. Every character that we've grown to love that w- we feel makes Buffy, Buffy, uh, Giles, Xander, yeah. Yeah. Willow... The,
0: and the ensemble, and the angel, and the comics, those, and all that. Yeah. Those
2: are television... That the, They were made in the television series. They were made in the comic books. They were not in the movies. Yeah. So when whoever owns the film rights, they don't have the rights to those characters. Willow is not going to be in the new Buffy movie. So Thander the Buffy movie just a has to
0: Buffy be... Movie. Completely in another direction
2: Yes it, it, The only thing they can touch is uh, Buffy Pike The the Luke Perry character Buffy And the Donald Sutherland character And the
0: fact that you stake them to kill them Yes I they, guess I, I guess you can do that You can keep the fact that uh, they don't like sunlight You can stake them to kill them And uh... They can't even touch Sunnydale <laughs> right. they,
2: they can't even touch Sunnydale The Hellmouth Anything That made us like So Buffy. Why not just
0: make a vampire versus
1: a cheerleader movie
2: that's essentially... They just could go just in a totally different versus cheerleaders. Yeah. and I would probably watch that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would, I would see that. I would think that would be difficult. The teeth to, have been taken out. To, to get, the Buffy following, yeah. to actually, enjoy to see the movie and follow up on it and really recommend it. If, if it's gonna, if you're gonna lose the heart of what the, the TV series was and what people really went for it to see, because you can have, two or three characters, but it's the ensemble that tends to make it. Make it worthwhile. Maybe it doesn't work as a movie.
2: I would honestly like to see the entire cast of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series uh, do a picket line uh, in front of it. Nah, they got better things to do. nobody would cross it. Nobody, I, don't, I don't see anybody going to see that movie. I, I really don't. And, unless it's a kid that's maybe uh, 13 or 14 and they don't have Netflix streaming. What
0: if they had fun with it? What if they went in a totally different direction? What if they had no, fun they could. with it? No. What, if they, what if they did this whole tell, thing? T-
2: tell me uh, one instance where you think... That may have worked previously. Oh, I
0: can't. You're putting me on. Casino
2: Royale was horrible when they went in a completely different direction.
0: Casino Royale, they went like all physical and. No, no, I'm talking
2: about the comedy. I'm talking about the Casino Royale was originally adapted as a comedy.
1: You're talking about the one with Woody Allen. Woody Allen and everything with
2: seven different actors playing James Bond. Yeah. And huh? I don't know anything about about this. The the first time Casino Royale the book was adapted, it was a comedy. With a bunch of different actors playing James Bond the spy, and it was horrible because nobody wants to see a James Bond comedy. Right. And that's where I think that's the only option these Buffy people have is
0: going into a direction that's so drastic, so that drastic that it's nobody its who thing. actually
2: cares about the property, James Bond fans were livid, and they had reason. to Oh,
0: be. don't be doing that with our character.
2: And they had reason to be.
0: Is that your English accent, I don't really? Know. Yeah. My last name's London I don't need one (laughs) So I I I, I think they're all chimney sweeps (laughs) We're mad at you cocktail You 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 know a Brit Is
2: redoing (laughs) our site Right Sure A Brit is gonna be Our new programmer And you're just I don't know I mean I don't know If that's gonna happen Can I offend you Before you go Before you even touch anything
0: Uh, Is Ray Weiss British This actor Who was in uh, Fire Walks With Me Twin Peaks He's going to be in the new no, X. Ex- he's he's going to be in the American. new X, X-, X- Men First Class. He's American. He's very American. You know, he played I,
2: the devil in. Um, oh yeah, in, in, in Reaper. In, in, in Reaper.
0: He uh, he's in X Men First Class. You know, this movie that they're making, they're trying to revamp the X Men franchise. They're, they're
1: all the going to be flying. I got to tell you. Yeah, they're all flying, they're flying in flying First class? class.
2: He's playing the Secretary of State, and I was really disappointed to hear that because when I heard he got cast, I got really excited, thinking, "Oh, they're doing the Hellfire Club. Maybe he's Sebastian Shaw.
0: But Sebastian Shaw, or maybe he's uh, what's his name, Mister Sinister? or whatever this?" Do you read comics at all? These comics, the thing—it's one of those
2: things
1: like TV, where you're just like, uh, too much.
2: Have you ever thought about writing a comic?
1: Yeah. What about I writing haven't. a comic? I haven't. I haven't thought about it to to a great extent. Uh, I have been somebody threw some ideas at me, and like, well, you know, I've got some other ideas because for books I'm working on first. I,
2: I gotta say, as you were describing Faded, I can really imagine. Like, I, I want to read it. Actually, yeah. I'm probably gonna buy it on my way home. Um, go, we'll go home to Dark Delicacies where he's
0: doing a signing today.
2: I, 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 clock. Taping. We're taping another podcast today.
0: Oh yeah, you are. Um,
2: but I, uh, as I was hearing those things, I'm like, well, that's just fate and destiny. There could be a graphic novel in there for some interactions between. Uh, he's got all these lives. other characters. I mean,
0: it, you read the I, book. Read the book and then make the assessment. If yeah. you guys, well, they're would, all, they're like, all
1: in there too. But but yeah, I mean, if I had the opportunity to do, do to so. to do a graphic novelization of it, I would I would look into the. Having never, having not read enough, I, I don't know the, the the how the format works and how the pacing works, and that might be a good thing. Maybe coming out with a fresh a fresh take, but sometimes you have to follow some structure of something that's already set up because mm-hmm. that's what people are expecting. You know, it's yeah. the same thing with with film. You know, you can't you can't just have nothing happen for you know 45 minutes. You have to have certain plot points. Hit. We
0: can if it's foreign.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, have you ever, have you read any graphic novels ever? No. Or I haven't read any graphic what,
2: novels. What, what I know,
1: I know. That's like what, a, a, a black just... mark against me on Geek You're God. saying no, what, 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 what would five, we recommend?
2: What are five graphic novels that we would definitely say anybody who hasn't before should read them, if they want to get to know the form? Don't even say Watchmen. Well, I'm not going to say Watchmen. That's Watchmen's that's too, in t- Watchmen's too intense. Yeah. Uh, you well, work up Watchmen's
0: Watchmen. a little thick. OK, if you want to know Superman, I would get Superman for all seasons. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, Superman for all seasons. It was the one that, the book that convinced Warner Brothers and WB They wanted to do Smallville It's a pure Superman story I think Batman Year One Batman Year One would be good uh, Or you can do Daredevil mm-hmm. You know, Daredevil Year One uh, uh, th- I think th- a That's a good
2: Frank A Queen in Country Trade uh, Greg Rooka um, Good
0: espionage story yeah. It's fun, it's a good spy story. Uh, story I would give them the first book of Bone mm. uh, Bone uh, is just a little fantasy story It's a little bit like The Hobbit uh, you know uh, little characters out of their element in a fantastic world um, kind of you know they go on a journey and the journey gets more and more serious as it goes from being a children's book into being a fantasy epic a lot like the Hobbit then turning the Lord of the Rings so I'd say bone
2: and I would say the Walking Dead
0: uh, I would take out your Walking Dead and I would replace it with the first two trades of preacher oh,
2: okay. You said that I will conviction. see
0: You're Walking Dead And I will raise it uh, I, would
2: e- I would even recommend Kirkman's know, Battle Pope
0: And you know what? This is something we haven't talked about on the show But uh, David Laugham's Stray Bullets The first book of Dave Laugham's Stray Bullets Is phenomenal Maybe this most single One of my top five single issues of any comic ever Is Stray Bullets number one It is a simple story about a guy Uh... Who's, who's kind of a, uh, I mean I haven't read this in a decade, but I think he's, he was kind of like a hapless uh, tag along, is helping someone go and dispose of a body that's in a trunk. And he's having moral that's issues at the end of it. There's a, there's a, I think there's a gun in the glove compartment. Different discoveries get made. I think at the beginning of the story he doesn't know that he's along for this type of ride. And discovering the gun, now there's no way back. That, it, it is such a great little quiet crime story. I would say that um, Dave Laugham's first issue And the first trade Of Stray Bullets Is awesome You guys should read that He does the artwork He does the writing You've probably read Some of his Punisher Daredevil stuff But I mean this is 15 years ago He made this Stray Bullets book And it kind of has this um, I've seen it Who's the the guy Who did um, Who's the guy Who did uh, Boogie Nights Paul Anderson Yeah Uh, The P.T. Anderson Kind of Mid like early '80s, late '70s feel. That's the world that Stray Bullets lives in. This kind of uh, on the outskirts of a metropolitan area. You start to get into the Inland Empire type feeling. Like you're stuck in Bakersfield, and these characters have nothing to do but bad. Uh, it's a great place. Um, so if you're a Geekscapist
2: yeah. and you want to loan a copy of that to Scott, Stray Bullets, <laughs> Stray, Bullets and Stray Bullets is awesome.
0: Um, and as I was talking about Stray Bullets, uh, another one came in, uh, The Invisible by. Uh, the Invisible is like a telling of the Invisible Man by um, Jeff Lemire, who did Essex County, which Essex County, Essex County or Blankets would so you'd be like, oh my God, this is such a great story. Essex County or Blankets by Jeff Lemire, or Essex County by Jeff Lemire, or uh, The Invisible, which is the Invisible Man. After everything went wrong with his experiment, he's stuck invisible. They think he's murdered his uh, partner and the, his you know his other scientist, and he's hiding out in a small town in Alaska and it's just that kind of feeling where the whole town knows that somebody else, has, somebody new has moved in and you know, they, they, it's strangers, the it's small towns, so they're going to notice somebody moving in hiding out there and he's secretive and he has this thing that he's running from and it was just a nice little story, uh, told very economically, the paneling, I think if you're going to go comics, I would go in that direction Scott, you know, not so much the k- kapow, blam, disposable dismissible. Oh, I read another action story. Whatever. These actually have some nice heart and substance. I, I like really, that. I don't really see Scott as the disposable story type. No, cuz like he told you, he doesn't want ESPN. He doesn't want all those extra <laughs> channels. Those extra channels
1: are uh, are what kill you, you know what I mean? Well, they're they're distracting. And do you Netflix, I, do you Netflix? I do I do Netflix. So, so I get to see everything there, but I am I am yeah. a little I'm a, I'm a little, you know, lacking for a lot of popular culture thing that people uh everyone else seems to be up on that you see because i don't watch a lot of news i don't pay attention to a lot of stuff that's going on uh i just see some things that come through i'm, on, I'm actually on, i'm all
2: internet now yeah i'm, I'm one of the people that I walton's know. on the
0: internet
1: he's like the uh he's
0: like the lawnmower man oh they're fixing like if you guys are hearing these sounds like i've got a, a murderer outside my house they're, they're literally fixing like the My my neighbor called me we were having a A party for my birthday last night My neighbor called And I was like Okay, we'll keep the the, the, We'll keep the sound down And he goes No, no, no It's not that Whenever you guys do laundry It's putting water Into my apartment So this guy's out there Fixing I think there's roots In my Like the pipes And stuff like that Yeah, so if you hear The wood
1: chipper go off If
0: you hear a wood chipper No, no, I have kids Like somebody go No, please I have kids Tell my family I love them Ah." If you hear that (laughs) Don't worry about it uh, real briefly talking about having a couple friends over. Walton was there, Gilmore was there, Bibiani was there. Different people brought gifts, right? Uh, Gilmore, okay, Gilmore didn't bring a gift, uh, you know. But but uh, Walton was like, here's a, you know, here's some movies on me. I, I always love like movie ticket type stuff because, as you can tell, we go to movies all the time to review them here on Geekscape. But um, Bibiani brought a gift, and I won't tell you anything about it, but. Uh... <laughs> You know what this is He brought me a shake weight Which, uh, you know Here we go, here we go I mean, the shake weight has been I have no like, like displayed quite a <laughs> bit in popular culture recently There was like a South Park episode that made fun of it Ellen, like, brought it to the forefront with her jokes Uh, I gotta tell you, this thing works This is quite the workout with the shake weight Um, it literally came with a warning that said, "Keep it six inches from your face, As so you that sure. you don't get hurt." And so, right there, like any any realistic motion you could do with the shake weight, like is just out of my book. I can't uh, use it though. You can't use it now. Uh, no, why is this? Why we, is this? We
2: we discovered last night I can't use it because it doesn't curve slightly to the left. Okay, okay, okay. Ah, I think that's
0: the end of the discussion. Okay, we, we were actually uh, last night when I, when I uh, when I took the package, took it out of the packaging and this that we were passing around, like kind of joking about it. And my buddy goes, "Put a somebody put a cookie on the ground," which is just probably the grossest <laughs> reference. Uh, we were all laughing, and then all of a sudden, uh, one of the
2: ladies that was at the party started doing it, and everybody shut up. Yeah, yeah. Everybody just went dead silent.
0: Staring. It's like, oh my god, a woman has the shake weight. <sighs> at which point, me, me somebody, being the crassest human being ever, I go, I go, hey, go like this, put it between your okay. <laughs> there you go. The, you know the uh, the the titty shake weight. Okay, Geekscape. You know what, we're on the internet. We can go and, there.
2: And then your wife had it, and you're like, everybody break
0: it up. Hey, hey, guys, guys. This is my, that's my wife. You're looking at. Do the shake weight. This, that, that shit's not funny anymore. Please, you pervert. Stop it, Bibiani. Although, honey, go, go, go practice. What I like is, it, what I like is that, that Bibiani gave it to me, and then for about five minutes after everybody was using it, he then disappears. <laughs> he like went into the bathroom. He came out all sweaty. Yeah, who's got the shake weight? Where'd it, it go? Came,
2: it came with a DVD. As came well. with a DVD,
0: yeah. And Bibiani was like.
2: What are we
0: waiting for? for <laughs> and it's the guy's version, so it has like ripped dudes using it. Uh, I'm hiding it from Laura. I'm Keep hiding that dude, after dude dark
2: reviews of the shake Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Guys, speaking of the dark, what about this Spider-Man turn off the, the dark? This uh, You heard about this, this Broadway performance? They're, they're yeah. doing this. Julie Taymor and U2, it's like The Edge and Bono are doing this this uh, like Broadway production of Spider-Man. And it, and it had its um, upfronts. Is, that, For, what the, was, is the, that what that's it's called? In previews, in previews. And it's
2: basically it had a lot of test rehearsal And
0: it had like a te- it had a lot of technical problems. Yeah, it's trying to make a little bit of money
2: back. It, it, it's essentially, if you think, uh, you need to work it out in front of an audience, see what's going to yeah. go wrong. Well, a movie has so many also technical to elements. Make some of the money back yeah. early before reviews are out and nobody shows.
0: Well, it, it got slammed, but you know what? We're going to hold off on slamming. Like, everybody in the, on the internet and their mom are jumping to, like, slam the Spider-Man Broadway production. There's a possibility... It never sounded like a good idea to me, but there's a possibility that yeah. one of our reviewers might actually go right. to see it. And, uh, and you know what? We'll hold off. And you it, guys hopefully will hold off until, like, the thing is official and, you, yeah. you know, you hear it from us, whether or not it stinks.
2: They have a month. They could still completely scrap the YouTube... Score and score, oh, really? yeah. Like they, I mean, they have time, they can do massive rewrites. When a, uh, a musical goes into previews, it's usually about an hour longer than it's going to be. Oof, it
0: it's the kitchen sink version.
2: When um, when Shrek the Musical did its previews in Seattle,
0: oh, yeah, there was a Shrek the Musical,
2: there was a Shrek the Musical, and um. Uh, Young Frankenstein. Uh, Seattle is a big town. And then
0: Green days. Day had theirs in Berkeley.
2: Right. Right. Um, it's usually about an hour longer than it's going to be when it actually comes out. So if you if you go, you could see a full musical number that isn't going to make the show. Oh. Um, so they're judging. Oh, so we it on should stuff probably go. Pro- they're judging it on stuff that's probably going to get cut anyway. Uh huh um and that's really the whole point of the preview process and it's really unfair in the age of the internet with screenings and test screenings and I've always appreciated that we don't do test screening reviews on escape um I think I always think it's unfair to judge something before the final product. as a filmmaker
0: you know how pissed I would be I'd be like come on guys you guys, you guys just saw my rough draft. it's like if somebody reviewed like the first draft of your novel it's not representative of the commercial piece no, that would be so different know? Uh, very different You know If it was Return of the Jedi You would have seen The death scene With Han Solo It's like
2: Christians Reviewing the
0: Bible On the Old Testament mm, I would say <laughs> Let's do a review Of the Eric Soltz Back to the Future Actually It's not the Back to the Future We know and love I right. don't want to
2: review
1: it But I'd love to see all that Yeah I, How, I would, how, how much, much you think? got About six weeks Of that um, Yeah, Five weeks it would be Can a, you
0: imagine you know how much money that, that they spent they had, they With had, Eric Soltz
2: they, they had a good portion Of the 50's stuff done Because they started With the 50's uh, because that was all the major set pieces And then they were going to remove the 50s stuff and, and, and they did the 80s stuff later You
0: can always age it, I guess Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and I just loved the, uh, Most of the stuff in the 50s uh, is done I would love to see the footage of, of Well, a lot of, and and a lot of that's on the uh, Blu-ray A lot of that's on the Blu-ray No, the, actually what? it's not. What are you telling me? The, 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 it's only, <laughs> a, brief, just it's only a, brief, a brief thing on the uh, making of
0: Ah. But they have
2: said that the footage is there, and they're hinting 35th anniversary. And then I was like, Yeah. Yeah, That's you keep awesome. doing that stuff, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know you that, like, like
0: the- in an alternate universe, that Eric Stoltz movie came with. It's You know, it didn't even have sequels, probably. Or maybe, maybe in one alternate universe, it was a blockbuster. It was bigger than the one here on, uh, on the Earth that and we you know. know, on
2: Earth 362, uh, in Back to the Future 2, he actually did get eaten by the shark. In, ah, the, the 3D right shark. There.
0: Oh. You know, wow. I find
2: it very telling that of everything that has come to fruition uh, from Back to the Future, we don't have flying cars, but yeah. we do have that fucking 3D shark coming back. <laughs> <laughs> You're right.
0: Yeah, yeah. We probably are gonna get a 3D shark movie pretty soon, um, guys. Real quick, talking about The Walking Dead. Did you hear this news that The Walking Dead staff has been cleaned out by Frank Darabont? Like they, they, you know, they only did six episodes of season one. But then they went and got rid of the firing, uh, of the, the writing staff, and they're going to give freelancers a try. They're going to try to. I mean, the WGA is kind of strict with these rules, but uh, they're going to try and do season two of The Walking Dead, I guess, with freelance writers, sort of in a BBC method of how they write their their narrative stuff. And I got to tell you, like, as much as we enjoy Walking Dead here, that last episode just felt really boring to me. I was like, okay, we're just watching people cry. Like, we get it. We get it This is not the stuff That we want to watch We want to watch Was that the second Or third
1: episode? It was the fifth episode And it just felt like It felt like Remember when Did you watch Battlestar
0: Galactica? No Again The new Battlestar Galactica The first two seasons Were literally humans Trying to survive With robots trying to kill them And all the decisions That the characters made In their survival was all the was all the information we needed about their character it was all the, i mean that was their drastic motivation was stay alive and it informed us so fully about these three dimensional characters it was when that threat got removed maybe we can get along with them maybe they aren't so bad maybe we can persevere and evolve into a new society all that hoobalaboo hullabaloo all that blah 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 blah, blah like waxing about society and this and that it stopped being about characters making physical decisions That informed us about who they were And started being about exposition And people just... Just fucking talking about how things were and, it, and, and that was the danger I started to feel towards the end of this run of Walking Dead Was people being like, wait, this is what we do This is a And I was like, you know what, like, say it through action Screenwriting I, 101
2: I'm of the opinion that this is kind of not news uh... And here's why I say that: of the six episodes, okay, first two episodes written Inspiracy. by Frank, written right. by Frank Darabont, huh? In their entirety, okay. Nobody else touched it.
0: Evidence number one:
2: Robert Kirkman wrote an episode in its entirety. Nobody else touched uh-huh. it. A Evidence producer. number two: He's a producer. He's not in the writer. Oh, stop it. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's, he's taking
1: very copious, taking notes, copious notes You're doing yeah, angry cat no, okay. he, he wrote I down can, one and two With, with the critical.
2: Uh, Robert Kirkman was not fired with the writers He is writing episodes
1: He can be fired uh,
2: Frank Darabont had to rewrite uh, Another Two episodes In addition to the two he wrote So of that writing staff He got the scripts He had to rewrite them in their entirety Of Six scripts Only two of them Actually got to air Without him having to So that's them. a
0: third of the season
2: And one of them was written by a freelancer anyway So then you've got The writer's room came up with one episode That's a writer's room that deserves to be fired
0: Those are people's jobs you're talking about And Angry Cat Yes, he didn't Is not angry happy cat.
2: Angry Cat is angry at me But Angry Cat should be angry at those writers For not doing a better job For writing that their
0: fifth episode
2: Oh my God! Somebody got bit. All right. We're so guys, just Four minutes. how any many books? Uh, any, any, any,
0: four. Any four good, minutes.
2: Any good books we should be looking at for the holidays aside from just uh, yeah? What,
0: what are you giving away for holiday? I mean, these make good holiday gifts, right? To of your, course. To your literate friends. Yes,
1: they do. Yeah, uh, and I have but, I have i one or two literate friends actually. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so my Christmas shopping is very easy. It's like two. What do you He's
2: think? in
1: Bookstores more than us recently. Well, what would what would be the books for the holiday season? Well, there's a lot of books out there that everybody's recommending, but it's not necessarily a lot of the books that people are pushing are like your nonfiction books. Your your Keith Richards book, your mm-hmm. your Portia de Rossi book. Yeah, there's Sarah a Mark Twain book, the Palin Palin book, a Sarah yeah. Palin book. Yeah. And I'm I'm not a big nonfiction fan. You know, I prefer fiction, and you know the, the books that I've read that I really enjoyed. And I read a wide range of them. I don't read all. I don't read a lot of horror, science fiction, or fantasy. I primarily read literary fiction. I liked uh, like Fool by Christopher Moore, anything by him. Uh, I haven't read uh, Chuck Palahniuk's latest one, which is, uh, oh shoot, I can't remember the name of it. Whatever no, no, it we just
0: saw him in ZombieCon. We should have Yeah, asked we did. did. I should have asked.
1: I did. It was actually kind of fun. I got to have a brief discussion with him. Apparently, he was writing an article for Rolling Stone about zombies and ZombieCon. I don't, I don't get Rolling Stone, so I don't know mm-hmm. when it's supposed to come out. But he did sit on one of my panels that I was moderating, and he was taking notes. So I had to make sure I, I said some, you know, I, I had my best material for for that. The one guy
2: I'm running around the con, <laughs> wanting desperately to meet. I never got to. Yeah. I, to see I had a so nice little chat with him. I'll them.
1: throw out some books: uh, "Beat the Reaper" mm-hmm. by Josh Bazelon, and, and these aren't books that initially came out this year. Uh, if you've never read any uh, Raymond Chandler, read *The Big Sleep*. Okay, it's a great, uh, great detective novel. It's it basically set the standard for detective noir, and it's fantastic. Uh, it's the, it's *The Big Sleep* by Raymond Chandler. I like it much better than *The Maltese Fa- Falcon* by uh, Dashiell Hammett. So, and I didn't really get into that until recently. I started reading some of that. Um, Uh, If you like something a little bit more literary, Water for Elephants by Sarah Gruen. If you like something that's uh, kind of a murder mystery, then you want to go with In the Woods or The Likeness by uh, Tana French. Uh, There's also Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. Um, So just some examples thrown out there.
0: Guys, we know we have a forum thread on the site that's all about it's, I think it's literally called books, not the ones with pictures. Um, and so we know that we have literary fans out there. Uh, go ahead and throw in your uh, your own opinions on the Geekscape website about what would make great gifts. I know about the Big Sleep from reading uh, Criminal. You know that book, uh, Criminal. That's not a bad graphic novel. It feels it's a pulp crime tale. It feels like like uh, The Hunter. Um, so guys, uh, the Big Sleep, Chandler. You guys have a whole list right here, okay? Uh, the two books that we want you to pick up though are faded yes <laughs> and before that many of you guys probably already have the but breathers they're both by SG also known as Scott Brown as a friend of geekscape he's been a friend of geekscape for a while now we want to welcome him back on the couch anytime Thank you. he is back uh, so those are the books breathers and faded you can you can find anything in everything geekscape at geekscape.net also if you're on Facebook what, what are you doing
2: review on iTunes uh, oh yeah, so.
0: write us a review on iTunes If you like our show <laughs> Write us a review on iTunes Because yeah, you can still, still win this, this zombie t-shirt Thanks for the reminder uh, Follow us on Facebook Geekscape dot, uh, Geekscape.net spelled out Is the name on Facebook So it's facebook.com slash geekscape.net Also youtube.com slash geekscape.net And twitter.com slash geekscape.net Look for Scott also on Twitter. I think you're twitter.com slash sgbrown? Uh,
1: It's s underscore g underscore brown with an e. Somebody else had the sgbrown. I don't know who that is, but I'm really pissed off at him.
0: And ninjas are after you. So uh, (laughs) that's how you find us. What do you want? And new podcast Oh, yeah. Walton has a new podcast we're going to talk about uh, on the website. It's coming out this week. It's got him and two girls, which why would you not want that? We'll see you guys next week, all right? (laughs)